1: is sponsored by Kettering Baptist Church.
2: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bucus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
1: This morning, Katerina, I want to invite your attention to 1 Chronicles chapter 15. In our reading at verse number 1, the word of the Lord reads as follows. David built houses for himself in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Then David said, No one may carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him forever. And David gathered all Israel together at Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord to its place, which he had prepared for it. Then David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites. Skip over to verse 25. So David the elders of Israel and the captains over the thousands went to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom with joy. So it was when God helped the Levites who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord that they offered seven bulls and seven rams. David was clothed with a robe of fine linen, as were all the Levites who bore the Ark, the singers and Shinaniah, the music master with the singers David also wore a linen ephod thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn and with trumpets and with the cymbals making music with stringed instruments and harps and it happened as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the city of David that Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David whirling and playing music, and she despised him in her heart. This morning, I want to continue our seven-sermon series summarizing the life of David. Uh, we began our journey with the selection of David with a sub-idea, he sees the best in you. We went from there to part two, the psalmist David, with the sub-idea, your gift, will make room for you. Part three was the slingshot of David with the sub-idea slaying giant enemies. Part four, the soul knitting together with David, the sub-idea having a covenant companion. Last week in part five, we looked at the surrender of the kingdom to David with the sub-idea in due season, it will come to pass. This morning as we look at this passage in first chronicles Uh, i want to speak to you here part six from the subject matter the singing and dancing of david My sub idea on this morning is simple it's dancing time after the kingdom is surrendered to david and all of israel come together to appoint him as king david wants to bring the ark of the covenant back to the city of david back to zion and where he wants God's ark to be where he is, where the the king resides. And and he has that in his heart to do. And um, as he goes off to do that, uh, he had consulted with the elders. And they all said it was a good idea. And they all agreed. And and then the leaders and everybody came together. They went to Kerajab, Jerim, where the ark had been. And it had been there since the time of Saul. It was resting there at Abinadad's house. So they went there to get the ark. They had a good idea. We're going to build a cart, put the ark on, and they built a new cart, all new wood, all new parts, and they built the cart, put the ark on the cart, and they were bringing the ark back to the city of David, and they thought they were doing well, but the, the cart hit a, a rock, a stumbled a little bit, and, and Uzzah wretched up, helped keep the ark from falling, and the Bible says that The Lord struck him dead, for it wasn't just Uzzah's action of trying to support the ark, but rather that the children of Israel were carrying the ark the wrong way. In other words, you can't carry the presence of the Lord any kind of way. God does have a way to carry his presence. As God struck Uzzah dead on that day, the Bible says that David became angry with God. You know, not only became angry with God because God has struck us a down, but he also became very fearful of God because he realized that the God that we serve is not only a protecting God, is not only a soul saving God, but he's a God of judgment and a God of wrath. And David became fearful and reverently respectful of God on that day. And the Bible says David said to himself, how can I bring the ark to me? Now I need y'all to understand something. That the ark represented the—it was a the place where the presence of God, the very Shekinah presence of God, dwelled between the cherubims and seraphims, and and it was there where they could uh, see and, and witness. The only the high priest would go in and witness and sprinkle blood on the altar of sacrifice on the behalf of the children of Israel. The the ark was for Israel the very presence of God with them. So David wanted to return this ark to the city and and as David was there trying to figure out a way how am I going to bring the presence of the Lord to me how can I get the presence of the Lord which is still a good question today how can I get the presence of the Lord to me David set things aside for a while they had to take the ark of the covenant to Obed Edom's house and they left the ark there at Obed Edom's house and for the three months the Bible says that Obed Edom's house was blessed Y'all not hearing me. It is blessings when the presence of God is in your house. And as David looked at this whole idea and he decided it's, it's time now to go back and put the anger aside and put the fear aside and and go back and get the presence of the Lord. And we come up with the plan. We've gone back and looked at what the Lord said and how we were supposed to handle the Ark of the Covenant. And we've got everything ready now. And now it's dancing time. So David says, let's go get the Ark. The first thing I look at here is that in this text, I see. Verse number one, it says that David built houses for himself and in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God, and he pitched a tent for it. First thing I see here is that he prepared a place for the presence of God. What I like about this here in the text is that this, on this occasion, this uh, particular occasion, what David does is he prepares a place for the close abiding presence of the Lord. He knows God is omnipresent, but he wants God to be closely present. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. It's all right for God to be up there and over there and over here and and abiding everywhere at the same time, but I want God right here. I want him close to me. And so what David does is he says, look, um, we, we've got the ark in place and he says, but what we need to do with an old bed Edom's house, but what I need to do is prepare a place so that when it gets here, there's a place for the presence of the Lord. If you really want the presence of the Lord in your house, if you really want the presence of the Lord in your life, you've got to prepare a place for it. And if I look at the way that they brought the, the ark from the first time when they went to Abinadab's house to bring the ark to the city of David, there's nowhere in, in Chronicles nor in Samuel that it lets us know that they prepared a place for it to come here. Some of us are, are wanting the presence of God and we're desiring the presence of God, but we prepared no place for the presence of God. What David did is he prepared a place for the presence of God. It's right there in the text. He prepared a place for the ark when it got there. Now watch this. What's involved in preparing a place for the ark? Well, the text says he built houses for himself. He he knew something about building or he had some people that were involved in building. And, and if you know anything about building, if you're going to prepare a room for something, you first of all got to remove some things. You know, you go up on a hill, and I think I want to put the ark right here on the top of the hill. Well, if you're going to put the ark there, it, you've got to re- remove some stuff out of the way so that the place that you have for the ark and the presence of God, it can sit firmly, it can sit levelly, it can sit securely in the place. Y'all y'all, to hear what I'm saying. You, you've got to move some stuff out of the way in order to make room for the, the, the presence of God. Colossians chapter 3 says, put off the old man. Get, get rid of some of them old ways. Hebrews chapter 10 says that we ought to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 says, put off the very conduct of the old man. You, you know how the old man used to act. Stop acting that way. There's some things we have to remove out of the way if we're going to make room for the presence of God. You do know that the presence of God just don't come and dwell anywhere. You do know that. I mean, if you've got sin and you've got wickedness and you've got corruption all in your life and all around you, you don't think that the close abiding presence of God wants to dwell there, do you? No, you've got to remove some things in order that you might make room for the close abiding presence of the Lord. And David began to make room. He began to make a place. But not only as we're removing some things to make a place for of the presence of the Lord. I think that if you're going to make room, if you're going to prepare a place, you also may have to build up some areas. Uh, because as I'm in, in my mind, I'm just imagining that David sends some people out on the hillside and and he says, well, uh, remove some of those rocks and, and and move some of that dirt and get the sticks and the the, the stuff out of the way and And even though after they did that, the area may not still be right. And so they might have to put some more things in place to level out the area. I mean, even though it looks pretty good, we want to make sure it's secure. See, you're a pretty good person, and, and I know you're born again, but if you want the close abiding presence of the Lord, you got to build up some areas in your life. Well, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, maybe your prayer life ain't what it should be. Maybe if you want the close abiding presence of God in your life, maybe you ought to pray a little bit more. Pastor, I don't I don't get it. Well, maybe I ought to spend a little more time in his word because, you know, we all want God's presence. We all want God to show up, but we don't want to spend time with him.
0: If you want his close abiding presence, if you want him to be able to show up in your
1: life and in your home and in your family, well, maybe you need to build up some areas spend a little time building up some things, spend some time removing some things. And and if I uh, think about this for a moment as I as, as, I'm, as I'm walking through the text and I'm thinking about how we got to prepare room, you know, if the president was coming to your house, there would be some things you would clean up and some things you would sort out and some things that you would rearrange and redecorate. And you know what they do? They begin to remove some things and hide some things and cover some things. But if you want the close abiding presence of the Lord, set up a holy place. As I look back here in the text. Not only did David prepare a place for the presence of the Lord and the ark of God, but I'm still in verse number one. He prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Now watch this. The pitching of the tent was not the place for the ark. The pitching of the tent was the covering for the ark. See, When you make room for the presence of God, you need to make sure that you have a covering because when the presence of God comes, the enemy's going to send every kind of rainstorm he can to interrupt, to confuse, to cause disruption to the presence of God in your life. Y'all don't believe what I'm saying, do you? You get close enough to God and see if it won't happen. The closer you get to God, sometimes seem like the more trouble that comes. David said, I'm going to cover this ark up because I'm looking for a time when I can have the presence of God at any given moment. Secondly, he not only prepares a place for the presence of God, but he assembles the people in order for the transportation of the presence of God. In order that they might transport the Ark of the Covenant, what David does is he's going to line everybody up. He has an order. He pulls out the priest. He has Zadok, Abiathar, the priest. He puts them in order. Then he comes out of the Levitical families. He has Uriel of Kohath and 120 of his brothers. He has Isaiah of Merari and 220 of his brethren. He has uh, Eliel and 80 of his brethren. And and all these people are gathered together. He's got the musicians. He's got the choir. He's got the the Levitical priests that are in order for uh, carrying the Ark of the Covenant. He's got guards on the covenant. He's got everything in place, the musicians, the singers, the, the guards, and everybody's in place. What David does, he gets to the front of the procession, and he says, it's dancing time. Because, see, David David is ready to bring the presence of God back to the city of David. He's ready to move the ark from Obed-Edom's house back to where he wants it to be in the city of David, where where God has blessed him in the strongholds, where God has made room for him, where God has anointed him to be king. He's ready to bring these things back. And watch this. He's got everything and everybody in order, in order to transport the presence of God. Can I bring it home to us, to you and I? Well, if you're going to transport the presence of the Lord, If you're going to carry around the presence of the Lord, if it's if it's going to be on you, if it's going to be in you, if it's going to be all about you, you've got to have everything in order. You can't have your life all jacked up and talk about, I'm carrying around the presence of God. No, you need to get
0: your life in order. You need to set some things in order. You need to put some people in order. You need to
1: make sure that everything is lined up so that you can transport the presence of the Lord. Y'all know what happened when they put them on a cart last time, right? Even though it was a new cart. God said, I'm not going for that new cart stuff. In order for my presence to be transported, there must be order. In order for my presence
0: to manifest itself in the house of God, there must be order. In order for your ministry to prosper, there must be order. In order for your family to prosper, there must be order. You cannot put things in disarray and expect the presence of God to dwell there. I need order if you're going to
1: transport my presence. Can I go so far to say, because the Bible says when they didn't have things in order, the power of God is still present,
0: but it's present for destruction. It destroys when things are not in order. And you wonder why you see things tumbling and falling and falling apart. Maybe you need to check the order. To see whether we put things in the divine order of God. I know what society says. Society says, yeah, you make enough money. Yeah, you got a good job. Yeah, you're smart. Yeah, you're intelligent. But God still has order.
1: And David is here transporting and and moving the ark of the covenant of God back to the city of David, back to Zion, back to the place where he wants it to be. And he's picked it up from Obed, Edom's house. He's got everybody in order then. And I want you to look at here with me because. Not only did he prepare the place for the presence of the Lord and not only did he put the people in order for the transportation of the presence of the Lord, but he also danced before the Lord. And this is what I believe is is, is just an awesome, awesome part of the story that here is David and David is going to dance before the presence of the Lord. When the place is prepared and everything is in order, then it's dancing time. Notice what I didn't say. I didn't say once the ark is in place, it's dancing time. I said once the place is prepared and the people are in order, then is dancing time. I know that you're thinking as soon as I make it through this trial, I'm going to dance. No, you just prepare the place for the presence of the Lord.
0: Get everything in order
1: and then is dancing time. Watch this. David's been fighting and fighting and fighting and and now the warfare is over. David has been running for his life. He's killed the giants. David has has been through uh, all the uh, surrendering of the kingdom. All the sewing together with Jonathan. David has been through all this trial and tribulation. He's been through Saul trying to kill him. He's been through all of that and now David said, I've been through a whole lot but right now it's dancing time because I'm going to have the presence of the Lord right here with me. What I want you to understand when, when you're bringing the presence of the Lord to the place where you prepared for it, it, you might as well just go ahead and dance right now. Don't wait till you, till it gets there. Just go ahead and dance in advance. If I can say it that way, because if you Done what God has ordered you to do. Ain't no need in waiting for it to be done because God is a a God of his word. He's not a God that will retract his word. But if he said, I'm going to do it for you, you don't need to wait until it's done. Just go ahead and start dancing. Watch how, look at, look, look, look at the atmosphere of the singing and dancing of David. I'm, I'm going to skip down to verse number 25. It says that David and the elders and all the captains of the thousands, they went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord from the, the house of Obed-Edom, watch this, with joy. Y'all know what joy is? Joy is a state of being that is not conditional upon anything else that's happening joy. When you're moving the presence of God, when when you're inviting the presence of God, you need to already have an attitude of joy. Not being affected by what's going on. Not being worried about my job I lost.
0: Not worrying about my family situation. Not worrying about my financial situation. But
1: having an attitude that I'm going to experience the joy of God, regardless of the circumstances. That's the attitude that's in the presence of, of the midst of the people. Not only is there joy, look over at verse number 28, 28 it says, thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting. They were, they were shouting and hadn't even got the ark to the place yet. They were already shouting. They were already screaming victory. They were already rejoicing in the Lord. Now, they had already been through this before. And, and they didn't make it to the city of David. But this time, when everything's in order, when the place is prepared, and now it's shouting time, it's, it's dancing time, they're sh- they're, they've got joy, they're shouting And the Bible goes on to say, same verse, number 28. And it says, and they came up with the sound of music, sound of horns and trumpets and cymbals, making music with string instruments and harps. They've got a party going on. Why? Because the presence of the Lord is on the move. When the presence of the Lord is on the move, even if it's moving through the sanctuary, you might want to go ahead and start shouting.
0: You might want to go ahead and start dancing because it's dancing time. I'm not worried about what's going on in my life because I've got joy, unspeakable joy. I'm not worried about my family. I'm not worried about my children. I know your children giving you hell, but I'm not worried about that because it's dancing time. And so I start dancing because in advance I know that the presence of the Lord is on the move. They're dancing, they're shouting, they're
1: playing music. David is out front dancing. He's got his dance on. David is whirling around and, and, and I mean just exposing himself. He's got on a linen ephod and, and the ephod is swinging all around and David is having a joyous time. The Bible says that even David himself is playing music while he's on his way because the presence of the Lord is on the move. And as David is, is going through all that and I need to take you over to 2 Samuel it's chapter 6. I want you to see something. Same story, same story. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. And so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpets. Verse 16 says, Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw the King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Can I stop and pause for a moment because I know y'all was ready to get excited for a moment, but I need to warn you of something. When you start dancing, there's going to be some folk that are going to misunderstand your dance. There's gonna be some people that can't quite understand why you're dancing in the grocery store. There's
0: gonna be some people that can't quite get it why you over in your cubicle getting your dance on and shouting and and praising God and throwing up your hands. There's gonna be some people on the beltway that don't understand why you're dancing in your car and they're gonna look at you and they're gonna despise you because they don't know where you've been, they don't know what you've been through, they don't know what you're going through, they don't know what God has brought you from. They don't know it's dancing time. And you're dancing because your God is so awesome and so wonderful and he's done so much for you. But you need to tell them, just like David told me, Cal, girl, don't you know when I was dancing, it was before the Lord. It ain't had nothing to do with you. I don't care if I expose myself or not. David said I'll get more indignant because what God has done for me. I don't know who I'm talking to but god's been too good for you to sit still god's been too good to you for you to act like you don't know him it's dancing time it's dancing time i know you think you've got it all figured out you think you know what i've been through david told me cal i was dancing before the lord who chose me and he didn't have to choose me but he did and so i'm gonna let you know it's dancing time
2: Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukus Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301 574 3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buchas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.
1: Messages that inspire, that give hope, life, and